0: Hello, this is Surya Saha and welcome to the Story podcast, the platform to spread knowledge on insurance, innovation, digital disruptions and entrepreneurship. Our website, theinsureTechStory.com and we are available on Spotify, Apple and Google. Today we are going to discuss on the topic, parametric insurance for the crypto market. And for now, I'm delighted to welcome our guest, Edward Ryle, who is the co-founder of Neptune Mutual. Edward, welcome on board.
1: Hi, Surya. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Edward, would you like to tell our audiences a bit more about yourself and Neptune Mutual? How did you go about starting this, you know, firstly, uh, from the context of crypto, which is something a very recent technology that is disrupting?
1: Sure. Uh, So, yeah. Hi, everybody. My name is Edward. And uh, a little bit about me and my background. I'm interested in uh, disruptive technologies. I'm an angel investor in the southwest of France, and I'm also uh, an associate professor at a business school uh, here in Bordeaux, France, where I live, and in Paris, uh, teaching around um, entrepreneurship and disruptive technologies, Um, and I've mentored... A uh, blockchain business, and in so doing, um, networked with a number of people in the blockchain industry um, and um, connected with uh, Binod Navan, who is um, the founder of uh, Neptune Mutual. He has a, uh, expertise in cybersecurity and blockchain. Um, and we discussed this project uh, around uh, parametric cover. Um, And I found it really interesting because uh, everyone knows there are a lot of risks in crypto um, and uh, some people know that uh, the adoption of uh, mitigation measures is very, very limited, which is yeah curious, curious. Yeah. Um, so I got interested, um, and my background's one of uh, sort of disruptive technologies, uh, and I uh, very much like the approach that he um, conceptualized, and so we started working together and then uh, we're joined by uh, the uh, other co-founder, uh, Gillian, Gillian Wu.
0: Awesome. Well, Edward, a warm welcome to you once again.: Thank you. Now- i think it's very very interesting to actually learn on firstly insurance and crypto and how this both join hands together and of course there would be the incumbent insurers who would be also you know moving into this market as as the crypto uh, uh, industry grows but the kind of risk that the uh, crypto exchanges or the crypto wallets or the entire market that you know uh, deals with crypto actually has it's, it's kind of a uh, little complex. At the same time, it's so nascent that we are not yet sure what kind of risk they possess, what kind of risk you know, uh, that we should be covering, and so on and so forth. And it's, it's quite interesting to know that you know, Neptune Mutual is actually trying to understand and explore that aspect and see you know, how uh, crypto investors can be best protected.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as I said, everyone's aware that there are a lot of risks uh, in crypto. Yeah. Uh, many people uh, focus on the uh, price volatility risk, um, which is obviously one of the the, the biggest issues yeah. in yeah. crypto. Um, but it's not uh, by any means the only risk. So you have cybersecurity risk, which again mm-hmm. is very well uh, publicized and talked about and uh, other risks as well so there's economic risks as well Um, and of course insurance the traditional insurance uh, industry uh, is a industry that uh, manages and mitigates risk and so what traditional insurers like is to understand um, risk and the way they understand that risk or any risk is by analysing a lot of data Uh, so using a lot of statistics um, and in fact actuaries to go through the data and have a very very um, analytical understanding of risks and of course um, as you mentioned the the crypto market being new and ascent um, and uh, something that is unfamiliar to traditional insurance companies it makes them very difficult just to jump into because because um, the market's only been around for um, you know less than 10 years um, and so there isn't uh, the sort of quantities and quality of data that a traditional insurance company would like to, to clearly understand those different types of risks um, and so that represents an opportunity for for startups like Meptune Mutual.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you know, cr- crypto market risk, as you mentioned, is a, of course, a new arrival ri- in the uh, uh, industry and within the risk portfolio of insurance companies in particular. So can you tell us a bit more about this type of risk and why do we need an insurance coverage to protect our wallets? Of course, you mentioned on the price volatility part, but I would you know, like to understand a bit more from the technical part of it.
1: Um, yeah, so in fact... And, uh, as it happens, Neptune Mutual, um, uh, we're a marketplace, and uh, we focus uh, most specifically on uh, security risk. Uh, yeah. So the the risk of digital assets um, being stolen um, through different types of attack. Uh, um, and we are uh, not. We don't have any ambitions to um, provide a financial hedging tool for. Uh, for market uh, pricing or economic risk and um, so we're, we're looking exclusively at security risk not least of which because um, uh, so Binod the founder is a cyber security expert and so those are the risks that we uh, know best and are, are most familiar with um, and uh, so, so that is what the, the marketplace has been targeted at um, so uh, very much security risk and mitigating security risk.
0: Right, yeah. So it,
1: and so, yeah. yeah.
0: So, you know, uh, from the technology side, smart contracts and parametric insurance, right, it seems to be a natural fit. And both are quite, if not new, but of course, with respect to the application, it, it is something that's been you know, implemented, executed in the industry very uh, recently. So how do you see this type of insurance to be most relevant to suit any sort of blockchain and crypto related risk?
1: Um, Sure. So that's a great question. And um, perhaps uh, parametric insurance might need a a little bit of an introduction to to some of your listeners. Because it is quite quite different to uh, the sorts of discretionary insurance that we see uh, more commonly in uh, cover protocols at the moment in, in blockchain. So uh, what is parametric insurance? Well, it has been around in the traditional insurance uh, sector for quite some time. Um, And it generally is used where um, it's quite difficult to assess um, an an individual loss. Um, And so the way that's dealt with is Uh, in some respects, like a a hedging tool. So, for example, um, it's used a lot in earthquake insurance um, or agricultural insurance. So I I live here in in Bordeaux where there are lots of wines. um, And if you get a frost at the wrong time of year, then, you know, all the grapes uh, on the vine can be frozen. um, And then that makes them, uh, well, useless, to be honest, for making nice wine. Um, And so in that particular case, it's difficult to assess uh, the financial loss of the grapes for that particular year because you don't know if it was potentially gonna be a great year or not so good year in terms of the quality of the wine. So assessing the financial loss of what that wine might have been is a very difficult thing to do. And uh, similarly for earthquake insurance, um, uh, assessing individual losses is is really difficult. So parametric cover was designed um as a, a, a means very simply to have uh, a few simple parameters that that define whether um an individual gets a payout or not mm-hmm. um and it's not related to individual loss
0: All Right. so it's, that, it's kind of a predefined yes. you know conditions that would be given in order to you know uh, identify the trigger point for the payouts
1: exactly um that's uh, exactly right um and that helps with things like Uh, um, earthquake insurance, where you have one event which can affect, you know, many thousands of people. Um, Because when that happens, you've got many thousands of people. And if they had traditional insurance, that means thousands and thousands of individual claims, which can be challenging to go through individually. And so the analogy of earthquake insurance works quite well for crypto in the sense that you can have one event which affects many, many, many people. And uh, in crypto, when that happens, uh, you know a project uh, gets hacked. Um, a lot of people lose digital assets. And the most important thing in that situation um, for the individuals involved is that their uh, loss gets resolved and um, and sort of paid out uh, fast. And The other thing that is important, of course, for the projects themselves um, is that confidence is um, restored to their project as soon as possible um, after an incident like that's happened. So from the project's point of view, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, a a cover protocol or a parametric solution that enables many, many users uh, to get paid out quickly in the event of an incident is great for them because uh, confidence can be restored in that project and activity can um, can um, can be restored fast and, and that's really important so that that's why from our point of view um, I think this parametric approach uh, is quite different um, it offers fast and reliable payouts in the event of a, a sort of validated incident um, and uh, there's another important aspect to it as it relates to uh, to blockchain, which is that it's a very scalable approach, and particularly when uh, when used in the format of a marketplace, as we've um, mm-hmm. uh, as we we presented.
0: Right. Yep. So you know, as blockchain and crypto is a new technology, and there are many many unknowns to it, right? So from the opportunity side, such insurance is one of the priorities in the risk portfolios of majority of the insurers. At least, you know, the newcomers in the industry. So, but considering the uncertainty surrounding this, how do you see insurers integrating such risk within their existing practices or portfolios?
1: Well, uh, I guess there's a number of way of a number of ways to answer that. Um, yeah. Firstly, firstly, uh, despite the despite the events of this year, uh, I think that um, blockchain has uh, a very promising future in terms of um, digital assets. Um, the trustless nature of blockchain um, and the way in which that uh, facilitates um, peer-to-peer transactions um, is 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 hugely um, beneficial um, to, to both parties in a peer-to-peer transaction. And. Um, the ability to create smart contracts and program money, if you will, offers mm. huge, huge opportunities. Um, you know, the, the, the listeners will be very familiar with web three and, and yep. the different types of business models around that. So the, the reason for me saying that is, um, that though there, there are already, uh, billions of dollars in digital assets, less than there were at the beginning of the year, but that, mm. you know, I do accept. Um, but, over the next few years, uh, I would expect the number of um, assets, the value of digital assets to rise very, very significantly. So that's the first thing. Um, The second thing is that current uh, market adoption of insurance is very, very low. Um, And so the combination of many billions of dollars with very, very low adoption of uh, insurance um, and high potential growth means it has to be a very attractive market. Um, because there's so much upside and so much opportunity uh, for uh, whether it's existing, uh, the existing players in the, in the cover protocol space or traditional insurance uh, companies that are not yet in the space who are, are eyeing up the market with interest. Um, there's a lot to learn, that's for sure. Um, And I think as the years go by and there's more and more data and the risks can be better analyzed, um, I I suspect that you will see or we will see uh, the traditional insurance players making moves into this market in the same way as we're now, Mm. you know, seeing some of the big um, players in the the traditional finance industry traditional players in the finance industry starting to make a move. So we've already heard of BlackRock BlackRock this year um, getting involved. Um, and and, you know, now is a good time for those sort of big entities with, you know, capital um, to get started and um, and, and learn. And, and that learning is going to be very valuable for the sort of um, for the players that are going to make a big impact in this space.
0: Right. Yeah, so I I just wanted to understand. Um, do you think insurers are actually kind of still tiptoeing into the field, or they are actually kind to offer every possible risk that comes out of a crypto uh, you know, market or crypto product? Or is there any sort of limitations to it that it still you know emerges?
1: Um, well, I, I I guess I I'm probably not the best person to ask to uh, speak on the traditional insurance industry. Um, right. I, I think it's I think it's fair to say they they're generally risk averse, um, and as I said, they they need to know um, in a very sort of uh, analytical sort of way and understand the risks before they start getting involved. Um, so I actually think that. The uh, current players or, or startups um, have some time before uh, the, the traditional insurance companies really make a move uh, in the in the blockchain space. Despite the need for um, large amounts of capital, right. which traditional insurance companies can bring to the space and is very much needed, I think it'll be some time before they really um, they really get involved. Um, i mean they are they are um looking at the space you know certainly neptune mutual is in contact with uh, a number of uh, major insurers and reinsurers but there is a lot of reticence um, and i understand why that is and it kind of makes sense um for for the big players to be ve- very wary of the space because it you know it is unknown um in in many respects to 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 those companies Um, so i mean we're here there's a number of other startups um in the cover protocol space and um i think it's a really really much needed um uh what can i say tool i I would say um that's currently underutilized for for different reasons um but there's no getting over the fact that there are a lot of security risks um unfortunately as we publish you know in our blog uh, on a weekly basis there are uh digital assets that are getting um exploited and hacked for for different reasons Um, and people are aware of that and now there is a real opportunity for them to do something about that by buying cover policies and protecting themselves.
0: So, um, Edward, I mean, lastly, any any views or any any thoughts that you would like to you know convey to our listeners, if they have to you know understand the aspect of insurance and crypto and how their interest can be protected in the future.
1: Um, I think what I'd say is that. Um, uh, as as always it it's really important um to understand as best you can uh what the risks are that's the first thing so do your own research um nothing new there um but, but particularly in respect of um security risks um it's not enough to be aware of them and you know anyone anyone that has experienced this in the past maybe you have a house and you've been burgled will know that Yep. after you've had things stolen uh, you inevitably um then feel the pain and you know spend money on making your house more secure um but with a little bit of you know, like proactivity and, and and thought it is possible to 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 mitigate digital asset risk and most people take insurance um as a precondition for uh either doing business or for uh, owning assets in the traditional world. So, if you have a house, you wouldn't dream of having a house without having it insured. Similarly, for a car. Similarly, for a bank where you put your, you know, you deposit your your fiat. Um, you wouldn't dream of putting, you know, cash and and, and savings and salaries into banks that weren't insured. Um, and so, when it comes to crypto, you, I think it, it's it's reasonable to say that if you've got a reasonable amount of digital assets, the same logic applies. Um, And even more so, where those uh, risks are very, very real. Um, And now there is and are solutions to protecting yourself and mitigating those risks. Um, And um, when having a look at the different cover protocols that are out there, it is, again, important to to do your own research because they are quite different. They may look similar um, on the face of it, but discretionary cover and parametric cover is is very, very different. Um, So discretionary cover requires you to make an individual loss, which then a claim, which needs to be reviewed. um, And it's reviewed in a way, um, as the name suggests, which is discretionary. Um, And um, if you look at some of the protocols, then you'll get a feel for how often people make a claim and how often those claims are paid out. Parametric is very, very different. Um, because once an instant is validated, then everybody with a policy gets uh, paid out. And that payout happens within um, uh, eight days. Uh, so seven plus one, um, the, the, the resolution happens over sef- seven days. And then there's one f- extra day of a cool down period. Um, so you can expect to pay out very, very quickly um but it's it's simply that everyone gets a payout even even if you haven't suffered a, a loss individually um, right. and that, that that mechanism is i think um very appealing for those who are taking out cover purchases uh, cover policies um so those who purchase a cover policy is um that, that's one of the things that appeal to them and um on the other side there are those who provide the liquidity Uh, for cover protocols um, which we haven't really talked about Um, but again providing liquidity um, to cover protocols um, is interesting Um, and there are quite a number of differences between uh, the different cover protocols um, in that respect so for for us one of the things that's very important in in the design of our system is that liquidity providers have a a clear um, and regular exit strategy so Um, We encourage users to uh, provide liquidity to our cover pools um, and they can do so in the full knowledge that every 180 days there will be a seven-day withdrawal period where they can get their capital out. So an exit strategy for liquidity providers is um, one of the things um, that hopefully will provide confidence. Um, And of course, the, the, the cover protocol industry as a whole in the blockchain space is Constrained by a lack of capital, a lack of liquidity, um, and hopefully this marketplace system, um, which we believe is scalable, will will be one of the means that um, you know we can grow and provide more cover policies to more projects um, and to more users at, at risk.
0: Well, I think it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this field you know grows. I mean, both crypto and how insurance, which was couple of years back and even now of course traditionally driven and quite conservative but it it's it very interesting to see how it's going to cover emerging risk from blockchain and cryptocurrencies well thank you edward it was a fantastic discussion thank you for sharing your thoughts today and a true delight to have you as our guest
1: thanks so much sir yeah.
0: and lastly to wrap this up thank you for listening and see you at our next episode take care and stay safe goodbye for now